Everybody, welcome to well <laughs> the true crime squad <laughs> drunkumentary if you couldn't tell <laughs> a little bit more prepared tonight <laughs> how you doing i i'm good i uh I'm working on this yeah. drink that, that, that scott made me uh oh. it's got uh not gin believe it or not it's limoncello and some kind of blue vodka that he and matea made that has uh some kind of blue kool-aid in it i don't well i don't know <laughs> and uh that minute made uh lemonade that's zero sugar and some sparkling water and it's damn good wow that's all so fancy mm. whiskey over ice yeah. Salt, it's banana. Nice. All I have to do is say, oh, I need a drink for my show. And Scott's like, on it, man. So <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> I know. He really missed, well, his, uh, he missed his calling to not just be a bartender, he really. He did. I think I missed part of my intro, which was to say that I'm Christy Brower. And I'm here with my <laughs> sister, co-host and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. That's true. And yeah. this is what we call our drunkumentary. <laughs> yes. I kind of so. felt like I was drunk just watching the documentary. <laughs> and I just finished like 10 minutes ago. So why? Oh my ready. gosh. Okay. So this is, this is the documentary called The Lady of Silence or The Little Old Lady Killer. You may have remembered we actually covered this case a while back, a couple years ago, I think. At least, yeah. But this is a serial killer story from Mexico. And uh, it's it's a very interesting case, but the documentary is, I'm not kidding, hilarious. And it's terrible to say because I can't hardly hear the music. Can you hear the music, Katie? I can hear the music. Will you guys tell okay. us uh, that are in the live? What is the yeah. uh, volume of the music for you? Is it too low? Is it too high? Is it perfect? You'll understand right. the music as we start talking. A well, little we're going to get to that, out. but we we definitely and, wanted and to. And let us be very clear. We don't think that what Juana Barza did is funny. No. We don't think that because there are a lot of victims and their families out there. We don't think that's funny. But we thought the documentary was a scream for multiple reasons. We'll get into it. Okay. <laughs> yes, we will. Uh, yes, thank you. That was very well said. Because, yeah, we ne we're never making fun of the crime itself. We're, no. This is a whole other thing. Okay. Well, we'll probably make fun of Juana, though. Let's be clear. I mean, holy yes. shit. I'm going to turn the music up a little bit. The, Amy says they can hear it, but it's quiet. I, I okay. want you to be able to hear us, of course, but we would like you to be able to hear the music, too. Because the music is a very, very important part of this documentary. And I couldn't use the soundtrack they used on Netflix, of course. But what I could do is make one of my own that kind of reminded me of it. 
Mm-hmm. It's this kind of jazzy 80s cartoon kind of music. Mm-hmm. Sort of detective-y, sneaky kind of music. Kind of Very Scooby-Doo-ish upbeat. at times. Kind yeah. of Scooby-Doo-ish at times. Sometimes <laughs> there are some sound effects in there. Mm-hmm. It is not in any way what you would expect to be in a serial killer documentary. No, it and it doesn't always match you know they're no, talking about some terrible thing and the music's going bum, 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 bum. did you hear that <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah yes so, pink panther that's a good yeah yes pink panther is a great example but yeah it doesn't match up with like the tone of what's happening during the documentary and it's just a little too upbeat the entire time so uh, I, I don't know if you guys music. remember that we had intro music a couple of years ago that uh, was upbeat and we got taken down about it multiple times from people that thought that was super inappropriate and we were being yeah. really disrespectful. We're talking about these horrible crimes and we have this upbeat, like fun music and yeah, <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> I do too. I completely get it. Uh, I don't think ours was nearly as bad as this, but it's and this is not the exact music. But I went and found things that sounded similar. We're just going to play it on a loop underneath because it's just so funny how if it's not planned and synchronized and stuff, it it does not fit at all. No. So I think maybe an appropriate place to start would be right here with this. Yeah. So this happened at late 80s, early, no, late 90s, early 2000s. It was a span of like six or eight years. Mm-hmm. And this was in Mexico City. And um, lots of abuelitas were getting murdered. So grandmothers, old yeah. ladies, uh, little old ladies that lived at home or had family who worked during the day were being strangled. And after quite a lot, six at least, came in, the police yeah. decided to think maybe this was a pattern. Well, they were all strangled um, with stockings, scarves, telephone cords, cordage from uh, drapery, just, uh, you know, whatever the killer could get a hold of in anything. the house. Yeah. There was always something from the house. Always. Yeah. It was. Yeah. And then things kept going missing. So these houses often had, they had some robbery too. They were ransacked and some things were taken. Mm-hmm. And the police. So they start getting composite sketches of this person that they think is doing it. And this is two of them. There were like 30, which was one of the weirdest choices I've ever seen a police uh, organization make, but they put out every sketch from every individual witness. Mm-hmm. And so there's like 30 sketches out there of a sort of similar looking person and a sort of not similar person looking person. And they have all different kinds of epic confusion. And people do not know. They cannot figure out. The police cannot figure out if this killer is a man or a woman. Because witness accounts are this and, and also just the crime themselves indicate that this is a large, very strong human that is able to pull this off. And so they're super confused for a long time, many years, super confused. Well, yeah, they start out with doing this. 
they're, they think it's a nurse. They think it's a nurse going in because they because they're the the um, victims are letting her, this person in their house. Mm-hmm. So they think it's a nurse. So <laughs> then a bunch some a couple nurses get arrested because they think maybe it was them. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't them. No, they go through all these different theories. The first nurse that is arrested. <laughs> Her colleagues are so pissed and absolutely 100,000% certain it's not her. Who, by the way, she doesn't look a damn thing like any of the sketches. She, no, but I mean, how would, there were so many of them. Right. (laughs) So the nurses uh, organize and basically shut down an entire city road and tell the police they aren't leaving until they turn her back over to them because it's not her. Yeah. It wasn't her. Yeah. It was definitely not her. But the nurses so, killed me. They were so pissed. They were so they were, done with this. Yeah. They came out in like a battalion. Mm-hmm. And I think the police knew they were going to kick some ass. Mm-hmm. So then they arrest, arrest this poor unfortunate soul. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Which, unfortunately, she... We're not going to use a lot of names in this because, frankly, they don't use hardly any names in the whole documentary. Her name is Araceli Vasquez. Yes. We know her name. That's true. I guess we do know her name. Um, So, Araceli was in possession of stolen property from the homes of some of the victims. And so, they, they were sure it was her. They celebrated. They... If you'll see what she has on her head, it is a wig because the police made her hold it and then put it on her head when they took her mugshot. But it wasn't actually, she wasn't wearing it. It wasn't even hers. It wasn't hers. They just handed it to her and told her. The way they handle policing in Mexico. Um, The way they handle the. when they're booking her and taking her photo, the press are all there. Yeah. They're a part of it. And the police say, make her hold the wig. It will look more believable. So she's yes. standing there holding this wig that isn't even hers. No. And insane. also they have witnesses saying, it's not her. She's little. She was very short. They're like, this little the short lady. Was much, much taller. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, this person who's done it is... is- Big, tall like a man and strong like a man. And so this poor Araceli, but I mean, Araceli, is Araceli still in prison? Did they ever let her out? I think she's out now. She did 19 years in prison without ever even being charged with anything. No trial, nothing. Mm-hmm. So this was insane. Yeah. This part really pissed me off because and we'll get to, you know, when they sort of remember, oh yeah, remember that lady we put in prison? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they kind of get through the nurse thing and decide, okay, it's not nurses. So then they decide that it must be like a uh, transgender sex worker. They've decided it's a transgender person, so they're bigger and stronger and tougher. Mm-hmm. So they just go round up like all of the trans sex workers they can find. And just sex workers they can find. And just anyone. They're wrestling them into cars. Yeah, putting them... Some of them said that if you asked any questions at all, they would beat you. They had no idea what was happening. No. And then they stood there with 
all these stupid pictures trying to match them up to see if one of them matched the picture. Right. Or this happened in Mexico City. Pictures. Yes, Mexico yeah. City. <laughs> but in the documentary, a lot of the recreations are done with the original people, not actors. <laughs> yes, they are. That is the weirdest. Which is a dubious decision because, you know, it's 20 years later now. And yes. so you've got all these kind of old ladies dressed as whores, as they call themselves. That's not me. That's yes. them. That they, that's what they, they call that's themselves. That's what they called them. <laughs> dressed as the whores standing on street corners and against these buildings in these really suggestive positions and clothing and they're clearly not in the biz anymore <laughs> it's, it's definitely inspired. <laughs> so but that part of this documentary is one of the funniest parts because this case was 20 years ago so yeah most of these people aren't even still working in the same job or in the no. police or anything anymore. It's so no, weird. And they've just got piles of makeup on them. I mean, they could be drag queens the way they've got them fixed up and with the clothes and the poses. And, oh my God, it's terrible. But these poor it, it, women were just targeted for no reason at all. And all drug into the police station. It was ugly. And a yeah. lot of them got charges after. It was terrible. Yeah. But, but guess what they didn't find? No. They didn't find anyone that matched one or both of those pictures right there. No. They didn't arrest anyone. No. In the meantime, there's a criminologist who shows up in the show a lot. I'm going to really call her a true crimer because that's what I think she is. She um, should be the hero of this story. Absolutely. If you ever got any credit at all. So she tells the chief that she wants to do a model recreation of what this person would look like. And he says, no, we only do that with, with like cadavers, with, with dead people. And she's like, mm. so anyway, I'm doing it anyway. So she does it at her house. Well, remember she, he told her she watches too many TV shows. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so in her home, she makes this bust recreation of what she thinks that the killer looks like. And it is terrifying. And Yep, it is. right there. And she starts bringing it around some of the witnesses and asking them, does this look correct? And they start making some suggestions and she keeps tweaking it. Here's the problem with it. It will melt if it is out in uh, the heat too long. <laughs> so in her hot apartment, it's really not safe. And so it lives in her refrigerator. <laughs> and her children... <laughs> Every time they open the fridge, there's the face of a serial killer in there staring at them. And they're not really having it. But can you imagine can you every imagine time you open the fridge having this shit? <laughs> yeah. I thought that part was so funny. Your kids keep telling was... your mom, it's got to go. <laughs> yeah, you think? <laughs> Which, so great. She did a good job. She actually did oh. a really good job. She just did the thing that all of the they should have done with all of those composite drawings was they mm -hmm. should have created one out of all of them not putting them all on buses in the entire mess mexico city <laughs> so mm -hmm. funny um yeah so so she like took all of the characteristics and tried to meld them together into one face which actually made um way more if they had listened to this chick they probably would have caught her a lot sooner yeah <laughs> yeah but the head in the fridge just absolutely slayed me. I can't even imagine. 
Mars would have never opened the fridge again. Even when it was out of the fridge, she would have never opened the fridge again. I mean, that is so scary. Yeah. But So they're going along, you know, doing their best to investigate, kind of. And then they arrest this guy. Mm -hmm. Jorge. Yeah. Jorge, who they charged with two of the murders. They believe him to be a copycat. That he's not the real little old lady killer. He's the guy, he's copycatting. Because now they're convinced that there's multiple serial killers because there's so many bodies and they still have not got anyone. Well, every time they arrest somebody, the killings keep happening. So yeah. rather than <laughs> deciding that maybe we don't have the right person, they're like, no, there's a lot of killers. Yeah. It's a copycat. Yeah, they just... <laughs> worst police work I've ever seen in my whole life <laughs> so this guy Jorge uh, they're pretty sure he actually did commit two of them he went to prison for it he's still in prison for two of them yeah but you know they just jump around and jump around with all these different ideas they had this idea called parks and gardens <laughs> Oh, yes, the Parks and Gardens theory. <laughs> but this is after the LGBT community has absolutely had it. Yeah. Because yeah. they just keep pressuring and uh, putting really unfair focus on uh, transgender people and yeah. uh, just the LGBTQ community in general. And just keep coming after people with their pictures and questioning them. And they're like, leave us alone. Because now yeah. they have people in their communities afraid of them. And, you know, they're already discriminated against. And then you add this, you know, color to it Ridiculous. that just maybe one of them is a serial killer. And they weren't. And finally, and, they and, were like, listen, bro, get off of us. And they kind of did. They did. Well, they never found anything. No. They never had any proof at all to go after all those people was so terrible because it wasn't, it wasn't, there's, you know, there was nothing pointing no. at them. Other than they still can't identify <laughs> these terrible drawings right here. Um, so then. <laughs> oh, no. Well, okay. Should we talk about Tiger? Yeah. Enter El Tigre. Yes. Maybe. Where so am I? There is a dignitary in talk the about government. Him for a second because I'm missing, I can't find my pictures. Okay. He's the dignitary in the government. He's kind of like the attorney general, I think, or he is the attorney general. And in his words, this guy is the biggest jackass in the show. Um, oh, he is. His maybe ego a bigger is jackass so... than Juana Barza, maybe. And oh, it's hard to say. <laughs> so they, they're interviewing him and he says, you know, anyone in my position, we all get a nickname, and mine is the tiger and he's sitting in front of this enormous velvet floor lake picture painting of a tiger that is not good and no, he's not good a tiger and the tiger they they throw this uh they ask him you know will you, will you help us and he says yes so he comes in and sits down and they share with him their uh parks uh theory so they have all of these pins in a map of this is all the places that women have been murdered and here's where the parks are. So we think that maybe they are meeting this person at the parks. And he's like, um, how far from uh, the parks are some of these apartments? And they're like, oh, about six blocks. And he's like, next. Wrong, 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 wrong. <laughs> wrong, 
wrong, wrong, wrong, wrong. That's wrong. You have no idea. These are old well, people and they're not walking. Now. Right? Yeah, pretty much. Like these are old people and they're not walking six blocks to the park. Are there events in the park? Are there? <laughs> there <it> is. <laughs> yeah. This is him. This is Tiger. Yep. And and through the whole time they're interviewing him, he is in front of that painting, which is the weirdest painting of a tiger I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and referring to himself as Tiger. Tiger, yes. So Tiger, uh, yeah, he tells him, you're totally wrong. Are there any events that go on in the park that are for old people? And they say, not to our knowledge. And he says, well, that's why you're wrong. So he says, this is the quote. He says, so they give him a new plan. Okay, so we're just going to start getting all of these pictures out here. And we're just going to start trying to look at it in a different way. And he says this, just like this in the show. He says, do it any way you want, motherfucker. Just do it better. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah, it was all like... You are police, and you suck. You must do it better by catching the murderer, you know? And then he's like, and that's how I helped them. And we're all like, wow, Tiger, without you, where would this investigation have ever gone? He acted like he solved it. He didn't do a damn thing. He said, said, will you help us? And I said, yes. (laughs) He didn't help them. He didn't know. He had no idea. Well, okay, so he's got there's this this map basically of the area where all these burners are, and he goes, "You see how this road goes that way, and that goat road goes that way? Well, those are quick getaways as long as you go the opposite way." What? Yeah. So you've got to start thinking of this backwards. Yes. <laughs> the police are like, so they make. Uh... <laughs> Jenny wants to know if he's single. Jenny, I, it's hard to say. I did find him online, and he is still a political official in Mexico. So, got some dinero, you know. Uh, oh, my God, though. So, they get this plan. They put all the pictures in the cop cars. Because, again, they just, they're showing people 30 different faces. What the fuck? And <laughs> so, then they's, he's got him driving the opposite ways all around this certain route. And then they're also supposed to... Uh, zigzag. Was that it? Zigzag? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, there were a couple of things they were supposed to do. Uh, serpentine. That's what they're supposed to do. Serpentine. They're supposed to drive it forwards and backwards, and then they're supposed to serpentine as well. Okay. So they're driving around doing their forwards and backwards and serpentine with all these pictures in the windows. When... It's like asking Michael Scott how to sell paper. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. <laughs> Just made some shit up and they did it and got lucky because what actually happened is the neighbor of the last victim saw the killer in her apartment and chased her out into the street just as one of these you know um serpentine and cops came by Mm -hmm. and he said that's the one (laughs) you know the one guy jumped out and grabbed her and she started punching the crap out of him and so it took him about three cops to take her down yeah because as you can imagine, she's a lot bigger than them. She yeah. is a lot She gave the first guy a pretty good beat down before the other guys got there to help uh, get her wrestled into the car. Yeah. So this is her, uh, Juana Barraza. She is the little old lady killer. Mm-hmm. I can't pronounce the Mata Vieta. 
Vietas murders. Anyway, that's, that's the Spanish. That's yeah. Um, Two years of Spanish in high school. What were we doing? We don't have a fucking I, clue what we were doing. We don't know. Ago. Yeah. Don't know. But anyway, this is Juana Barraza. So she is the actual killer. So if you look like here, here is her mugshot. And then look at this with her with the bust. Mm-hmm. They could pull it out of the fridge long. long enough to. Uh... They did. <laughs> to get a little. But peak. I mean, it's fairly close. It is. So then we start learning about Juana Barraza, and you guys. This Hold on to your buns. Yes. No. Yes, it can. Yes, it can. Um, here's another picture of Juana. So Juana is known as a luchador, which is a Spanish Mexican wrestler. Mm -hmm. And her name is the Lady of Silence. Mm -hmm. Or. And here she is. La Dama de Silencio. Yes. Yeah. So here she is in her luchador outfits. But let's just, let's take a moment to appreciate that belt that old Juan is wearing right there. Mm -hmm. Not, not the butterfly did... belt or the butterfly mask, but just the belt yes. draped over the, her like the Like the championship belt she is wearing. Yeah. Which would normally be worn by someone who, I don't know, actually ever wrestled as a luchador. What Wanda did was cosplay, I think. <laughs> yeah. She showed up. She came to the yeah. wrestling ring. She had lots of friends there. Oh, dear God, the friends. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Again, original people that actually knew her back in the day. I would watch this again just to see those two again. Holy uh, shit. There's so much image-wise and stuff we can't share. You have to watch this. But the they makeup. were hilarious. Yeah. But, but it's uh, kind of dumb on them. <laughs> She put oh, together okay. teams. She was kind of more of a manager, it seems like. She yeah. she organized wrestling teams, and she would be on the teams, but she never actually wrestled. They have yes. this conversation, two of them. Did did you ever wrestle the the Lady of Silence? Well, no. Did you ever wrestle the ladies? And then realizing, yeah, none of them ever did. And they did point out that uh, anybody can buy that belt. <laughs> <laughs> well, when she was arrested, she had a keychain on her that had a picture of her that mm -hmm. said, Merry Christmas from the, uh, hold on, I gotta look it up again. Again, <laughs> two years of Spanish in high school. What the hell was I doing? I have no <laughs> idea. It says, Merry Christmas from La Dama de Silencio, the world champion. The world champion. The world champion, yeah. So she actually uh, she had keychains made. Yeah. She just made the keychains. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so weird. But what they decided, she hurt her back. And so at one point, the police decide that what must have happened is that she was taking out her rage on her weightlifting and they thought wrestling. And when she couldn't do that anymore because of her injury, that's when she started killing the little old ladies. I beg to differ, though. <laughs> And here's why. <laughs> the friends said a couple of things that make me think she was in the middle of this crime spree when she was hanging out with them. Because yeah. she would take them to very expensive restaurants and treat everybody. She always had tons of money. They were always amazed at how Stealing much money she had. Her victims. Yeah. 
But because yeah, because yeah, she was cleaning out their wallets, their jewelry boxes, anything that was you know that she could quickly grab of value. But also, they said that she recolored her hair at least once a month. Yeah, her hair she was red. It was brown. It was style. blonde. It was gray. Mm-hmm. And the style sort of answers that, where some of these pictures have come from with all these different hairstyles. One of them told her. Your hair's all going to fall out. You're dyeing it too much. And she was like, no, no. Yeah. Well, how did she have that much money and her hair was always changing? Don't tell me she started killing when she couldn't wrestle anymore because she never wrestled, for God's sake. This isn't no, even she didn't. a place of reality. The police nah. are so cool as they still don't even know that. The one poor <laughs> wrestling friend had really been a good friend and yeah. had her at her mother's house multiple times. And when... The news broke. She was actually watching TV with her mother when the news broke. And suddenly this cop car opens up and who steps out of it but Juana Barraza. And her family was pissed at her and told her that uh, this was, how dare she bring this person around their mother? And she's like, how would I know? But yeah, she'd been at her mother's house, her elderly mother's house. But the other girl... Again, a drag queen could do better makeup than this. It was the craziest oh shit I've ever seen. The eye makeup, I had to pause it just to appreciate it for a minute. <laughs> I, she I said, thought the lipstick was especially good, too. <laughs> she said, I miss her. I need her. Uh, do you? Uh... She apparently used to confide in her and tell her about all her problems and fights with her daughter. Yeah, yeah. Thank God the daughter's die. okay. Give them good advice, I guess. Or, yeah. Anyway, the the wrestling friends were something, <laughs> and they were very surprised. They didn't think that yeah, she was a surprised. violent person. They'd never had an experience with her that made her think she was a violent person. Surprised and hurt, so hurt. Yeah. Yeah, they really were. It's sad because yeah. they they had no idea. They just thought no. that she was their friend, and you I know. should really stop drinking this, man. I am going downhill fast. <laughs> You got to stay where you're at because I mean, you started downhill. I got it. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I always wait to start before, right at the show, and I realize that's a mistake. I'm not. Yeah. So they get uh, Juana Barraza, right? They get her into the police station. But wait, wait. Oh, they wrestle her into that car. She yes. wasn't even handcuffed. They get her out of the car to take her in the police station, and there is a mob of people. Oh, yeah. And she's pissed. trying to pull. She has this red coat on, and she's kind of trying to pull it up around her face and block her face with her collar, but she's not very well. Mm-hmm. And I'm dumbfounded, man. She's even cuffed. She could have just, just run at any moment. Walk, well, punch the shit out of everybody in front of her, which she sure could have done. She'd already punched the shit out of that one cop. <laughs> she, she kicked his ass. Uh, so, they march in there, and again, the way they do their mugshots is in front of the press. So there's like a gazillion people in there shouting at her, asking questions, and taking pictures, and taking the mugshot. And it's like a freaking circus. And again, never cuffed. Never restrained. No. The way... All of the stuff is handled through the police station and the court is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Big differences between uh, Mexican law enforcement and U.S. law enforcement. That is for sure. Well, and yeah. how the vic- how the how the perpetrator is handled too. 
Well, really? right. Well, they also had a cell for her that was like a two-way mirror. They had her mm-hmm. kind of hanging out, sitting in there, and they were bringing victims in and victims' families in to kind of see her yeah. and also to speak with her. So the, the yeah. one victim, one the, it starts with a woman whose mom was murdered, and they kind of tell her story. And yeah. she comes, walks right up to her and tries to speak to her. And she just kind of turns and walks away. What? Marky <laughs> Vallow's victims would have, the families would have liked the opportunity. Uh, but she also could walk away. She... Like she left the room. Yes, left the but room. Where did she go? But another victim went up to speak to her and asked who her saint is. And she who said, who her God is. Who her yeah. God is. Uh, Santa Muerte, which is the saint of death or mother of death. Well, when they searched um, her house, she had a huge Santa Muerte altar as well. Yeah, and yeah. a bunch of these cards and stuff. Yeah, so she was uh, the 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 saint of death was was her god. That was a little creepy. But then we get into um, Right, Deanna, after she beat the crap out of those cops, that they didn't even have handcuffs. <laughs> right. No. It was so weird. So they start talking to her and they and um they kinda the one officer talks to her for a while and kinda gets her opening up and then she starts, you know, admitting maybe she did kill that last lady and you know, she's yeah. telling all these stories and a lot of stuff of a lot of it isn't true. And they keep pushing her and keep pushing her. And well, then she starts ex- saying exactly what she'd done. Yeah. And what she talked all about, how she would go into these houses. And if the lady made her angry, then she would grab something that was sitting there. These are these are some of the actual victims. And grab something handy like a cord off from alarm, an alarm clock, a wire, a rope. Uh, yeah, a curtain a cord thing. Yeah. And and she would just choke him to death right there and then rob him. Oh, good to know. So, Racky's from Mexico and says this is not the Santa Morite. This is a creepy mix of Guadalupe uh, Virgin and the death. Interesting. Oh, well, thank you for telling me that because I looked up, I Googled Santa Morite. Mm. So just know that picture's wrong. But the words are right. <laughs> yeah, Santa Muerte is what she said. Yeah. Yeah, Santa Muerte. So um, she starts admitting what she's done. And then he asks her uh, if she had abuse in her childhood. And she says, yes. Yeah. And he says, from who? And she says, from my mother. Mm-hmm. And then she tells a story about how her mother traded her to some old man for three beers or a case of beer a case of beer yeah when she was an early teenager she said so she was trafficked she was trafficked by her mother mother. yeah so ultimately yeah she wanted to kill old ladies because she was killing her mother basically Mm -hmm. over over and over and over again yeah which is horrible and the terrible most serious part of this which is really terrible yeah and tremendously sad my god yeah yeah yeah. So they get that out of her. Well, then they decide. This is the weirdest thing we've ever seen in my life. They decide that 
they're going to have her show them how she did the strangulations because they have all the cords. They have everything the way that it was tied. So they're, they're kind of checking her on that. So they start rounding up stuff, a scarf, some pantyhose. Well, first he starts with his tie. Scarf. Oh, and his it's tie. the medical examiner, the doctor. Yes, yeah. she's tie and says, show me how you did it. And she's like, yeah. okay, motherfucker, let's go. And wraps her around his neck. <laughs> and she's like, sorry, is that a little too tight? <laughs> and there's and she video shows... of this. There's actual yeah, there's of this. Some of yeah. this. They do like four different examples. And she yeah. pretends to choke him every time. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> the, one, the one CSI lady shows us like, it's like her most prized possession she's ever mm-hmm. shown anyone. And it is the stockings that she pretended to, you know, choke the medical examiner with. <laughs> she has autographed the stockings on both sides. Mm-hmm. Janet, the lady of silence in there to be able to really show you both sides. Is her, this is her <laughs> signature, the lady of silence on both sides. This is her knot. She, this is what she tied. I've never undone it. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> some of the worst murderabilia I've ever seen. <laughs> so bad and she's just smiling Real and then the the congratulatory stuff with the cops like they actually solved this because they totally did not it was just circumstance that they were on the street when when the neighbor chased Juana Barraza out of that house yeah he's the hero <laughs> yeah he's the hero of the they show did give him... Joel. yeah and he was a sweetheart he was a doll Oh, he was brokenhearted. His neighbor Anna was, yeah, somebody. And he was, yeah, he was so sad because he had to stay at work a little bit late that night because he was waiting for a delivery or he would have been there. He could have saved her, maybe, maybe not. And he was so worried. And they'd been talking about this beforehand Mm -hmm. and talking about being safe and stuff because he just was, it's like he kind of had a feeling Mm -hmm. that maybe something was going to happen to her. Yeah, he was very worried and and then it did. He's the one that solved the case, straight up. Yeah, <laughs> he really did. But the police, so the police officers that actually arrested her, they got a hundred thousand pesos, pesos, a couple of different medals, and apartments, and apartments like mm-hmm. given to them as mm-hmm. as um, rewards for catching mm-hmm. her. And these guys, they're talking about it, and they're old looking dudes, like they're old and gray. Like this was twenty yeah. years ago. Mm-hmm that they got these big commendations, but they were just thrilled about it. Right. It was really but funny. It was very Wada cute. made fools out of the police for so many years. <laughs> and sometimes they made fools of themselves, honestly. But Because every time they would uh, arrest somebody, they're like, we've got her! We've got the killer! And then it wasn't. Every time. Yeah. Every yeah. time it wasn't. And then they start making up these stories about the copycats and <laughs> trying to cover their asses before Tiger comes and solves it all with the going this way and that way and serpentine. And that's how we're going to solve this case. Yeah. And the officers are the nicest, most genuine, like they were desperate to solve this case. Every time another call came in, they were just heartbroken to have to go to yet another scene and, you know, and, and cope with another family and all of this stuff. They were desperate to solve this case, but they were. Lana was a ghost. She was just a ghost. She was. Well, so she, she moved was, all the time. She changed uh-huh. her hair color all the time. You know, she was mm-hmm. just thinking way ahead of them. Well, and her apartment was loaded with different bags of clothes. And 
she was changing her appearance every time pretty pretty significantly but what she was doing is she was approaching little old ladies while they were out and telling them that she had assistance from the government at the time the government was offering these uh i think they were like kind of like a prepaid visa or like a food stamp Mm -hmm. card something like that like a you know some kind of a card that they could use to help uh the the initiative was actually to uh return dignity to the elderly in mexico yeah that were so poor and so uh, unable to care for themselves because they were too old to work and so it was a beautiful initiative to return dignity to the elderly. Yeah. So she's walking around with a stack of these cards and she's telling these people, Hey, are you, you're, you, Oh, you, you live alone or you're, you're elderly. You're not working. You qualify. What's your address? I will come by. I'll bring your card. We'll get you set up. Let's get you some help. And of course these people yeah. are like, thank God. Thank you. Here's my address. Come on over. Do you know, yeah. she doesn't seem like, well, a serial killer. She seems like an official no. from the government. So they're just inviting her right in their homes. And then, of course, she's coming into their homes and murdering them. Yeah. One of the officers said they thought that it, at a time they thought it was a male wrestler because he said, whoever's doing this is really good at the arm bar technique, only they're not using an arm, they're using a stocking or something like that. But yeah. the fact that they're able to put the uh, kind of chokehold on her or on their victims that they're able to put, they actually had suspected a male wrestler for quite a while. It just never really stuck with them that it was yeah. a woman doing it. Yeah. Except for they did arrest some women that turned out to not be correct. But they did, but they just didn't couldn't imagine that a woman was really going to be this strong. Mm-mm. But she is. Never. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, so she goes to trial. They convict her. They give her 759 years in prison uh-huh. for 16 murders Yep. and 12 robberies because those were the ones that they could prove. Now, there are something like 52, 54 victims. Right. And so they've never really fully solved if she did all of them um, other than the one guy that they think did two of them. Or Araceli that did something like 20 years in prison for nothing. Yeah. Well, yeah. So (laughs) at the end of the documentary, they're like, well, let's talk about this this woman that you arrested, this Mm -hmm. Araceli. What about her? And the police were like, Araceli? Don't know her. Oh, yeah. They were like, oh, she had a, there was a different crime something. Yeah, she did something. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember. I, it, I think that yeah, was a different case. Something. I don't even know. Totally, yeah. Like, um, several of them. It's so shitty. And poor Araceli is in the documentary. Like, I'm still here. I didn't do it. Yeah. So sad. The way that they just... But the way that they just were like, yeah, never heard of her. Mm-hmm. But, you know, not all the cops... Some of the cops' names were shown... But almost all of the other people in this documentary never got more than a first name shared or yeah. just a name flashed really fast. Like, And if you look up a cast for this documentary, the only person listed is Juana Barraza. Wow. No one else is listed. Not even the tiger? Cast. 
no, he's not even listed, but we know it's him. I mean, mm-hmm. how can how could you mistake that painting and and that beard for anything? But that guy? <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. But it's all really it's weird because most true crime documentaries, every person is identified specifically their name, mm-hmm. who they are, how they're connected to the case. This is not like that. There's also a fair amount of this documentary in Spanish that isn't interpreted. No, you have to put on subtitles to get the rest of it. Because mm-hmm. some of it's dubbed. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, but there is. There's quite a bit. There's some stuff in Spanish that never is even translated. So I, the whole time I'm again sexy. kicking myself, like, why isn't my Spanish better? What is the hell is the matter with me? I, I because there was so much being said there that I wish I could have understood. So if you speak mm-hmm. Spanish and you go watch it, you'll probably get a lot more from it than the rest of us did. You may, especially the news reports they showed. Mm-hmm. They, and the they interviews with her. Yeah. Yeah. The interviews with Juana, a lot of what she said wasn't translated. So anyway, if you speak Spanish, definitely go watch it because you'll get more out of it than we did probably. But yeah, uh, the music, again, the ill-placed music was wild. <laughs> it was kind of like a, a telenovela. In some kind of, yeah. And they talk about that, that this case immediately kind of became like this uh, pop culture thing that even now yeah. they feel like people think this was some kind of a legend versus an yeah. actual serial killer. Uh, Juana Barza is the first known Mexican serial, or female serial killer in Mexico. Yeah. <clears throat> Also, the femicide rates in Mexico. Holy Oh, moly. that's what I know I was forgetting. I thought say. the U.S. really sucked. But, man, Mexico said, hold our beer, because they are even worse. Yeah. Yeah. 92% of all femicides, so murders of women, are unsolved in Mexico. 92%. 92%. Yeah. General Holy homicides are at about 50%. Shit. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, the, yeah. The U.S. is around fifty percent, and it's not that the cops didn't care and didn't try to solve it. They did. They were so perplexed. They were they so. Were. They were trying. They were doing everything that they had the tools to do. They were doing the best they could, you know, but they just didn't have. I, it is a huge city, and they said yeah. multiple times, "This was finding a needle in a haystack." Now. Mm-hmm. They'd probably solve this a whole lot faster because there's probably, probably a lot more CCTV and, you know, ways to find it. But I will say, oh, the other thing that killed me, uh, the one murder, one of the, the number six, the sixth murder, uh, mm-hmm. this was at the very beginning of the documentary. When they searched the home, the oh, family yeah. was invited in to help them search the home. And the daughter bagged a cup. From the uh, dining room or the uh, the living room. That's right. That had a print on it that belonged to Juana Barza. She yeah. did that, which is yeah. wild because in the U.S. a family would never be allowed into the crime scene no. for weeks and oh weeks and weeks. But the family was actually assisting in the crime scene, assisting with bagging things, uh, giving yeah. insight or input into what they were finding, which I thought was amazing. And actually. Despite, you know, they did say that some crime scenes were completely fouled by family that cleaned up immediately. Cleaned them before the police got there. Yeah. The police got there to take pictures and try to recreate the crime scene and everything had been cleaned uh, because they didn't know. And they weren't like locking down the crime scenes. Uh, But the one thing, but I thought that was kind of amazing and it made me think how often 
would it behoove them to bring a family member in that knows the house, you know, that knows right. the way this person lived and the way they operated to say, tell me anything that seems out of place or yeah. whatever. I think that seems like a very good idea. The U.S. Right? goes, get the hell out. Don't come in here. We'll arrest you if you come in here. Yeah. Maybe they should let family in. That seemed kind of brilliant to me. And she it gave really them the print that helped to solve the case. Yeah. Well, and now all those families helped them film this documentary because they're all in it playing themselves. Which yes. Is so weird. Mm-hmm. But at the very end of the documentary, what they show us is that um, the lady of silence is just all over the place in pop culture in Mexico. And that she's oh one goodness. of those. She's like a Ted Bundy mm-hmm. in the U.S. She's got this huge fan base. Mm-hmm. And there's music based after her and all t- kinds of characters and different things that are based on her. And that was one of the things that Joel, the guy who really solved the case, who found Juana Barsley in his friend's apartment, yeah. said was, um, it's really sad that it's become this pop culture thing and they forget about the victims. And there are a good 50 victims and many of whom probably will just never know if Juana Barza murdered their family member or not or if it was uh jorge or you know they, they the only thing they ever really got araceli on was um stolen Some property churches yeah yeah so you know as far and she as admitted know, to that she did she did she yeah. said she was she was a thief but not a killer mm-hmm. um but juana barza never really has given it up on how many of these she killed no. And will not give an interview. There was press uh, in the prison that approached her and mm-hmm. asked her, you know, told her, hey, this is my name. I'm with this press, uh, you know, uh, group. And she said, I don't give interviews. But if I did, it would cost you 100,000 pesos or 10,000 pesos. Maybe it was 10,000 pesos. Maybe it was 10. I can't it remember. Was it, was, it was a it lot. It was a lot. An arrogant it was enough that they didn't pay it. Um, yeah. But she said that what, what she witnessed in the prison is that the, uh, and this is current, that the guards seemed to be a bit afraid of her. They spoke to her very respectfully. They would say, after you, Juana, and allow her to, uh, she basically <laughs> operates in the jail doing, or the prison doing whatever the hell she wants. In fact, on Tuesdays, she's allowed to cook and sell her food to the inmates <laughs> to make income. Yeah. What? Yeah. I, 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 yeah. If anybody has insight on Mexican prisons, please share because none of this rings a bell to me at all. Well, in the and US, I mean, I know aren't allowed. Like, for example, a lot of you have wondered if Chad Daybell is writing one book after another up at the St. Anthony, uh, Fremont County Jail, and we're quite sure he is. Oh, he yeah. won't be able to sell those and make any money. I mean, he could give them to his kids and they could sell them, Mm -hmm. but he won't be able to make any money off of anything from here on out. Lori can't sell the rights to her story and make money, but uh, it seems like maybe in Mexico you can, because she was going to charge big money for an interview, which in the U.S. you wouldn't be allowed to do that. And she apparently charged quite well for her food as well, that she was allowed to cook and sell. Yeah. So... I don't know. Stuff. Yeah. It is the wackiest documentary I have ever seen. 
Mm-hmm. Rolling Certainly. Stone called it the best documentary of 2023. <laughs> it's pretty great. Did, did some true crime, uh, crime documentaries are quite funny and this one really is but i don't know that they meant to be but it really is looking at it from like sort of the standard of true crime documentaries this one did not hit any of the standards which i'm not sure is even a bad thing no well it certainly highlights what happened uh in that whole period i'm just oh yeah they do a good job of the story and the guy who did solve it you know that did finally see her and catch her was such a sweetheart. My heart just bleeds for him. He was so devastated that he wasn't there just a few minutes before he could have saved his friend's life, or at least he hopes he could have. And it was very sad, you know, to see him, the aftermath of that. Like, he's like, I don't care that they caught her. I care that I wasn't here to save my friend and how much that sucked. Yeah. Yeah. But you definitely should watch this one. Definitely. You'll learn a lot. You'll have some head scratching moments. You'll be glad you did. Um, some of the arrogance if, if you of the, uh, Yeah. There was one spot where they had one police uh, chief that was like, we had only the best working on this. We had them recreating the crime scenes. We knew exactly what was going on. The very next guy goes, we had no idea what was happening. And the families were cleaning the crime scenes before we could even investigate them. So it didn't really help us at all. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, it was super inconsistent. Well, and in some places they were so arrogant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was like, so arrogant. you guys have not doing a smash up job here um but you sure think you are and the whores bless them man (laughs) they didn't deserve what had coming to them at all they did not but they did a really good job recreating themselves they really did and they tried and it wasn't their fault and they didn't deserve what they the police did to them at all no they did not not at all there's music in the background because go watch this documentary you'll understand but the music is so weird and it oh you want to see the tiger picture again absolutely Mm -hmm. i was so happy i was able to find this picture i was like you have to see this there you go you also have to listen to this probably velvet oh this guy (laughs) i'll tell you one other thing about it that made me laugh a little bit is that there were interpreters for all of them of course and the voices of the interpreters did not match the uh, the the people, not actors, the real people at all. Like oh. one woman was like this really young, like California Valley girl kind of voice. And yeah, it and it's so funny. I'm fit. like, that's not her. But I uh, him Tiger. I uh, didn't sound like what you would think he sounded like at all. But no. uh, yeah, the interpreting was actually hysterical because it just didn't match up to the players in any way but anyway we're so grateful that Juana did finally get stopped because who knows how many people she would have killed my god right if she I mean they figure it's stopping. around 50 yeah yeah and she yeah. you seem to be just going for as well as she was living off from the money she was making from the theft mm-hmm. you know and she was living her uh, luchadora dream as well mm-hmm. Taking her friends out for a good time and just yeah, 
and everyone convinced she was a world champion, even though none of them had ever wrestled her before. And thank God the police that were there listened to him and yeah. ran that ran Wana down. And uh, well, it was that red coat. She it was the red so coat. They'd figured out that she and this was her downfall. Mm-hmm. She was wearing she was changing her hair and wearing the same red coat every time. Well, a or a bunch different of people one. had seen her in that coat. There was a red turtleneck she'd been seen in, a right. red trench coat she'd been seen in, a short That's red right. coat, which is what she was arrested in. But she was frequently in some kind of red top or coat. That was something yeah. that was a constant for her. So her vanity got yeah. to her, I think. In some ways. Because it didn't matter if you're changing up your hair, if you're wearing the same color every time, you're still bringing attention to yourself. So it was great. But that also, God damn it to her mother mm-hmm. who trafficked her. Yes. That was horrendous. Yeah. And, and it certainly is an excuse for what Wana did, but. Yeah, but. <sighs> yeah. Not good. That's a hard start. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, big props to the authorities who did solve this case and who did manage to convict her. Uh, <clears throat> the tiger said that 759 years is like a. That's unheard of. That That's it's like a political a, sentence. Uh, yes, a political sentence. One other thing that happened, and it made me laugh because of what's happening in the U.S. right now with politics, where we have like oh, lots of different parties right now, members of the same party that are very divided, some that are just really off the rails, and some that are trying desperately to rein some in, really on both sides. But, you know, like we have political nonsense, wildness going on in the U.S. right, right now. Well, this triggered some of that in Mexico at the time, and the one party was blaming the other party that they weren't solving this they weren't doing it correctly and they started passing out locks uh to to people to elderly people in mexico city the kind that you see like in like the chain lock like you see in hotels you know that you hook on the door and one goes on the other side so when you lock it you can only open the door a little bit to see who's there they were giving these away for free to people to just try to help keep them safe uh, and also talking mad shit on the other party. And yeah. at one point, they gave one to the chief of police and said they gave it to him because he's an elderly person. <laughs> <laughs> and that all made me laugh because that sounds it was like some pretty that in amazing the US shade. Now. Yeah, it was. It was quite the shade. So, yeah, this got very political as well, you know, and then the police were just well, how could it not? in deep shit for not solving it for all those years. Yeah. and. With and that it's true. How people, could they not be? Right. With that many people getting murdered, I mean, everybody was very scared and they should have been. I mean, this was just an unthinkable. I thought it was interesting that uh, multiple people said suddenly we were seeing police in our neighborhood all the time and we'd never seen them around here like that before. Mm. I thought that's really interesting. Yeah. But they were trying. Well, they were desperately searching for anything that looked like someone who might be a serial killer that's killing old ladies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're right, Joelle. We'd have to give locks to 90% of our government. Yes, we would. <laughs> Mitch McConnell gets two. Yeah. Yeah, I know <laughs> well, he does. <laughs> and the rest of them as well, really. Sorry, Mitch. You just you seem like a good target right now. <laughs> he, he sort of has done that to himself, yes. Yeah. Well... <laughs> This is our trunkumentary. Hope we weren't, uh, I hope we made sense. I'm not totally sure if I did, but yeah. I think we've done our best here. Uh, definitely this um, uh, documentary is on Netflix. Please go watch it. You're gonna... mm-hmm. 
it's really good. And I am very glad that they did finally catch the little old lady killer. Oh my um, goodness. Before she could kill anyone the, else because she wasn't slowing down, man. She had no she plans was full of stopping. Ahead. But man, it but didn't the way take it much went pressure down. at all and she squealed. She didn't oh, yeah. hold back. As soon as she they uh -huh. kind of busted her on the first one, she just kind of crumbled and just told him everything. Yeah. She did. Yeah. Interesting. Well, they kind of all either do totally clamp up or just spill their guts with serial killers. It's kind of kind of how it happens. Yeah. So big props to those that solved this case. And again, we want to be clear, we are in no way making fun of what Juana Barza did uh, oh, or the no. victims or their families in any way at all. The documentary was funny as hell and also very, you know, formational. So go watch yeah. it. But uh, uh, as always, all of our love and respect to the victims' families um, and yes. the victims themselves. And we're just really grateful that this was solved. And we hope that mm -hmm. 759 years um, is enough with no bargaining to keep her in prison until the day she dies. Because I don't know how long she's going to live. She's some kind of weird giant. So it could be Truly. a long time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, you know it. <laughs> We are the True Crime Squad, and this has been our Drunkumentary. <laughs>